welcome to the YYY show, a comedy podcast about search histories, life, and, and the roots of innovation and change. I'm Jingan. And I'm Eliza. And in this podcast, we are going to talk about interesting things that we search for on the internet this week. But first, we need to make a small disclaimer. This is a comedy podcast and we do our best to research the things that we find. If there's anything that is factually inaccurate, please send us your corrections through our social media channels. You can find us at YOY Show on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Before we start the show, yes, I want to say something about bats. Okay. Yeah, it was your search term two episodes ago. Yes, yes, yes. That they give birth upside down. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I just want to tell our listeners that I saw a video of a bat peeing. <laughs> and I saw that the bat actually righted itself up before peeing. So the bat was hanging upside down, right? Then it like did a crunch, like yeah. a sit up. Then it used its hand claws to grab the branch. Uh-huh. Yeah, then it dangled its legs down and peed oh, downwards. Like a, like a pull-up position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so smart. Then they don't pee on themselves. Yes, then they don't pee all <laughs> over their own faces. <laughs> yeah. Then I also found out that they also poop right side up. So they don't poop on, on their themselves. face. Yeah, okay. I see. Yeah. Then if they don't pee or poop right side up, they will pee and poop while they are flying. Oh. Yeah. Smart. Okay. So that's all I have to share. <laughs> okay. okay. That's so very Jian. important. Yes. <laughs> so Jian. What is your search term of the week? Okay, my search term of the week is... The origins of five stones. The origin of five stones? Yes. Five stones as in the game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why I was curious about this, because I learned about Three Men's Morris recently. It's a, what is that? It's actually an ancient version of tic-tac-toe. And it actually has better game mechanics. Then then, yeah, 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 okay. yeah. This Three Men's Morris is more like strategic. Okay, anyway, it's a very archaic game. So I was thinking about when like these kind of very vintage games came from mm-hmm. and like what was like the gaming system like in the old days. Okay. Yeah, so I was thinking that wow, five stones actually sounds very caveman like because it's just five stones, what? Yeah, then but you it's can not probably even stones when you reach our time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a little tiny beanbag thing. But it's called Five Stones. Yeah, it's called Five Stones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, know, I was thinking like, what is the origins and like, where did this come from? Mm-hmm. Mm. Did you play Five Stones when you were younger? Yeah, but I was so bad at it that I gave up. <laughs> it's like the tiny beanbag, like yes. pyramid beanbag yes, thing, Yes, right? yes, yes, yes. Then, I remember that we had to play it for like, some heritage day or something like that. Mm-mm-mm-mm. What was it called? What, what day is it called? Don't know. The racial harmony it's not racial harmony day some day where all the vintage things happen in our school do you have yes. that day? sounds familiar we had the ting ting tang man and the dragon yes, beard yes, candy yes, man yes, and the yes. mop candy man I think it's actually part of a movement to bring back these uh, vintage games because mm-hmm. it's like a heritage thing ma, mm. like cultural her- heritage there was a whole section in the car park where we could play these five stones mm-hmm. and the chap day yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. Sepak Takro, if I'm not wrong. Oh, really? Yeah, you yeah, played yeah. that before. We had that. Like, you know, you can go to the different station to play the different things. Oh, that's quite fun. Yeah. So I asked my mom about it once. Uh-huh. And then she said that actually in the kampong days, right, they mm-hmm. play with actual stones. Yeah, they play with actual stones. My mom also said that they play with yeah, actual stones. Yeah. She's very proud of the fact that she's very good at it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she wow. She said, yeah, yeah, because last time we had the, the cloth bag thing. Right? Mm-hmm. Then she would like demonstrate to us. Then like, wow, she's very good at it. 
Can thing. do like tricks with it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my yeah, yeah. mum also. There's a whole like like rules ma, to the game. Yes. The pick up one and then put down and then like, you know, yeah. throw all them must all lay on your hand, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, then like throw and catch and throw and catch and do mm, fancy mm, things. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. It's like old school fidget spinners. Yeah. <laughs> but cooler. <laughs> I think it's way better than fidget spinners. <laughs> it got some skill involved, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so these five stones, right? Um, they are better known in the Western world as jack stones, chuck stones, or dips or knuckle bones, and the name derives from check stones or stones to be tossed. Oh, uh, so like throwing stones, you know? Oh, so the West also play this? Yes, cause uh, I was thinking, <laughs> yeah, that's like I thought probably it's a Southeast Asian thing. No, no, no. It actually has very deep origins. Oh Yeah, so I was like, wow, this is interesting. So the knuckle, wrist or ankle bones of goats, sheep and other animals have also been used to play this game. What? Yeah, in e. more ancient times. E. Like, you know, like cavemen. Oh, okay. Like older times, mm-hmm. la, basically. Mm-hmm. E, they use the bones. Yeah, la. I mean, okay, la, at least... <laughs> at least not wasted. La. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a whole wiki article on knuckle bones. Like, okay. it's, it's a thing, yeah. Because oh. these objects have been found in prehistoric caves in Kiev, Ukraine. Okay. So, they found these objects, la. Then, like, and also they have pictures depicting the games on jars in ancient Greece. Oh. Mm. So, they show, like, oh, people are actually playing with these things. Oh. Pictorial evidence that mm. people actually played with this. And mm. also in... Uh, literature mm-hmm. if I'm not wrong in the Iliad and the Odyssey they also talk about these kinds of games and they describe it like you know it's bones or mm-hmm. uh, little stones or okay. shells yeah okay. Plato also mentioned it this particular game or rather the the stones that they use or knuckle bones mm-hmm. basically is very interesting because it's thought to be a precursor of dice mm-hmm so oh, when they throw mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. right, there's like a certain meaning to it. Mm. Or like which side it lands is a certain number or value. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-mm-mm. So this particular uh, culture has evolved from many parts of the world. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a like one region thing and then it's spread to another. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like somehow this particular um, form of playing or fortune telling or even music mm-hmm. is very prevalent throughout mm. the world so it's, it's just like oh what shall we do with these bones <laughs> like oh let's just like play with it because know? okay because i'll explain a bit because the shape of the knuckle bones right mm-hmm. is that there are six sides mm-hmm. it's like a dice yeah. so when you throw it right you can tell which side it lands on oh, so okay. maybe that's why it was used to like you know mm-hmm. do fortune telling or like and then there'll probably be a lot of it because they are eating mm eating these lamb and goats and yes yes all these that's right. livestock right yes. so there's gonna be a lot of it yes. might as well just do something with it yes that's right I mean that's what humans do right if not then they'll make it like jewelry or something mm-hmm. and wear it <laughs> so this uh, game uh-huh. or these like knuckle bones right they can be found in like East Asia Middle East uh, Europe and of course Southeast Asia uh-huh. so really a lot of places have like traces of this game they just call it different names that's oh, all wow. yeah in Mongolia they call it Shagai and the interesting thing about this particular Shagai right is that they have names for the sites of the bone and this thing was inscribed into the list of the intangible 
cultural heritage of humanity by UNESCO. <gasps> yeah, like wow. our hawker culture. <laughs> it's like our hawker culture is an intangible heritage. Yeah, hawker culture. So back to the game, right? You know, remember we were talking about the fancy trolls? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Apparently in the Western world, they have names for these trolls. Huh, really? Yeah, yeah like when okay. you throw it and then like, uh, I, I think there's one step. It's like you throw one up and then you must like take all five in one swoop and then catch it yeah. on the back of your hand or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then they have names like riding the elephant or peas in the pot or horses in the stable or frogs in the well. Oh, <laughs> I don't think my, my <laughs> mom uh, era, they have like so many fancy names on it. They just like do, 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 do and yeah, just yeah, ta-da. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So, um, instead of stones, these games may be played using five triangular or pyramid-shaped cloth bags, which is what we use. Mm. And then inside, mm. they might put sand, rice, or dried beans. Mm. And the article on NLB says that it's a good gauge of one's dexterity and hand-eye coordination. Mm, it mm. was. <laughs> it was very... It was too good a gauge that mm. I was very disheartened when I was a kid. Because I was like... I would see the older kids play and they yes. do it so well. yes. If not, then I'll see my mum do it. And then she's like, doing it so easily, right? Yes, but it's so difficult, right? Yeah. You don't have enough, then I'm like, just a kid. I'm just like, motor skills. I don't know how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Every time these things come out, right? I'll be like, no, I want to play pick-up sticks. Yes, pick-up sticks is so much easier. Is so much easier, yeah. <laughs> Alright. So, I thought that was very interesting, like, this game. Oh, this thing actually has so many users and it goes back so deep mm. into humanity. Mm. Mm. into human's history yes <laughs> ever since we started eating meat and there were bones yeah. alright Eliza so what is your first search term of the week okay my search term is why do pelicans try to eat capybaras do they <laughs> <laughs> what? yeah do they <laughs> Because I saw a video of a pelican trying to eat a capybara. Is it they thought it's a kiwi? No, it's quite big. How can it be a kiwi? Like they thought it's a very big kiwi. You look like kiwi. It's as big as a cushion eh. Yeah. Or slightly bigger even. <laughs> maybe they think that if I pack it, maybe inside it will be a wondrous giant kiwi. Like sweet, right? Yeah. <laughs> but why do you think that pelicans eat kiwi? I thought they eat fruits they don't ah. <laughs> Oh, they eat oh, fish. They eat I fish. I love you to the <laughs> It was too ridiculous that I could not uh, help myself. <laughs> they eat fish. They eat fish. Okay. Pelicans eat kiwi. <laughs> I thought... Mm. Okay, anyway, okay. I saw a video of a pelican trying to eat a capybara, right? Uh-huh. Then a capybara was just chilling. Mm. Then the pelican went to put its beak around it. Like, nyam, nyam. <laughs> And of course it's too big la. Then it try on another capybara like then cannot. They they just all continue stoning. So Pelican like, use it. Yeah, I was wondering. It was not very effective. <laughs> so I was wondering if it was really like trying to eat it, you know? Uh. Or maybe it's just something pelicans do. Okay. Like, you know, maybe it's their way of showing affection to another animal. Like, oh you're so cute. <laughs> but then they got no hands, ma, so they use their beaks uh, and just mm-hmm. like rah, rah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Birds use their beaks to do quite a lot right, of things. Right, right, mm. Okay. So when I type my search term in, right? Mm. Why do pelicans try to eat? Then before I can type the word capybaras, right? Yeah. Then the top search term is Why do pelicans try to eat everything? <laughs> I was like, huh? 
you mean people search this then you pelicans want to eat everything yeah and they don't just eat capybaras is it like <laughs> what what else did they try to eat right yeah then I did a bit of googling right and I found that there are actually quite a lot of videos of them eating random things mm. Mm-hmm. wait mm-hmm. Uh, pelican is the one with the big pouch at the at yeah, the yeah. beak right yes that, yes that you can hold a lot of things on a lot of fish yes yes, okay. yes a giant pouch thing mm-hmm. maybe they build. feel like they have to collect everything and put inside a pouch collect them all like that. <laughs> <laughs> they're hoarders is it is that your like concept <laughs> of them <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I actually saw one video where a pelican ate a pigeon oh my like, god <laughs> yeah did you actually eat it yes I saw it Oh with my, my god. Eyes. Like people were feeding the pigeons la. Then the pelican came and then he just ate the whole pigeon. <laughs> just swallowed the pigeon. What about the everything? Like the bones and the feathers? Can just eat everything one? La. Can. Just then the pigeon still struggle and he just inside the it. pouch. Yeah. Oh my god. Then another one I saw <laughs> is a pelican eat a duckling. Okay. Then it's actually a family video of this dad holding his baby. Then they were feeding some bread to the ducks at the park. Okay. Then suddenly the pelican lunge at the duckling. Mm. And then gobble it up. <laughs> then everybody scream. Ah! Inside the video. Trauma. Yeah. <laughs> For the kid. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, oh, feeding the duck, feeding the duck. Then the pelican just... <laughs> raw, 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 eat the duckling. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Then finally, I saw an actual BBC Earth video okay, okay. of pelicans eating baby birds. <sighs> oh dear. It's called Pelicans Feast on Cape Garnet Chicks. Okay. And it has 1.3 million views. Oh dear. So it is a known fact that they eat everything. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever they can get their beaks yeah, on. Yeah, they swallow the baby <laughs> chicks whole eh. Oh my god. I'm very curious about like what its digestive system is like. How come it can just digest everything? Oh, because it has a pouch thing after their their esophagus, right? They have mm-hmm. this pouch thing called a crop. Then they will store the the thing that they swallow whole in it. Uh-huh. Then the thing will suffocate. And die. And then it will yeah, it'll be it's a bit acidic, so uh-huh. it'll be like semi digested. Oh my god. Then it will go down into the gizzard. Okay. Then the gizzard has a lot of muscles. Ah. And then, like, some stones in it. And then it will crush. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, it will yes. crush the the thing that they swallowed. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. So it's like crush, crush. It's a very muscular thing. Uh, so it uh. crush, 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 crush. Then after that, it will go into their intestines. Oh. Yeah, the small intestine and large intestines. Wow, it's a very strong digestive system. Yeah, I know, right? Yep. So, like, ugh. <laughs> they swallow the baby chick whole, eh. What's that thing called that they, you know, you put the couch inside, then it will completely destroy it, that one. Put the what? A couch or like anything inside, then it will completely destroy it. Is that a dumpster? Like, <laughs> you know, you watched a video before. Like, what video? Those like machines. It's like a shredder, but it's for things. Does it blend? <laughs> <laughs> no, not a blender, like, like that. I know, it has teeth, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Compactor. Compactor. Compactor, A yeah. trash compactor. Okay, so it's a pelican compactor. Yeah, yeah, inside their, their stomach. It's called a gizzard. It's okay. like crush, crush, crush. <laughs> yeah. Okay, anyway, I was talking about um how they were swallowing the baby chicks whole, right? Yes. Okay, then they will fly back to their own brood. Mm-hmm. Then they will regurgitate the partially digested, super slimy, half-alive chicks for their young to eat. Oh my god, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, what in the world? <laughs> 
<laughs> so apparently, right, pelicans eat fish, but can also be opportunistic feeders. Yes. So they are known so. to eat mm-hmm, lizards, frogs, crabs, lobsters, and birds. Ah. They are carnivorous. They do not eat kiwi. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Zero interest in your kiwi food. <laughs> Whoops. I guess wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's a very kind pelican out there who decided to convert to veganism. Yeah, it's like oh, vegan vegan uh vegan vegan <laughs> vegan, vegan pelican. pelican. <laughs> I am the vegan pelican. Alright, vegan <laughs> pelican. Mm. <laughs> it can start a whole movement, right? <laughs> Okay, so some of these bird-eating behavior have been caught on camera. Mm. And a representative for the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds says that this behavior is highly unusual and likely attributed to the bird's contact with people and its more urban environment. Mm. And it's getting harder and harder to fish. Mm. It's got less and less fish. Yes, yes. So eat birds lah. Okay. Okay, you know the, the, they have this giant throat pouch thing, right? Yes, yes. Do you know how they use it? No. Like, they put it when they bite that time, then it's automatically inside, ma. Mm. Yeah? Like, I used to think that they scoop the fish in. Okay. Then they will store it in there, like hamster and that. It's not? Oh, you also had the same, <laughs> same thought, is it's it? It's not like that, man. No, it's not. I thought that they will store it. Then when they're hungry, then they were like, oh, I would just eat one, you know? I, I think have, they. I thought they put it inside the, the pouch. Uh-huh. I, I like I scoop it like that, right? Uh-huh. Then after that, then you will throw the like you will kind of like swallow. Then uh-huh. the throat pouch, the fish right, will go inside the throat lah. Mm. Something like that. Mm. No, actually, got <laughs> it. It doesn't. I mean, the scooping part is correct, uh. but the storing is not. Oh. They don't store anything inside the throat pouch. Then it's like a sieve like that. <laughs> So what they do is they will fish by swimming in groups. Then they will form a line or a U-shape. Okay. Then they will drive the fish into shallow waters by beating their wings. Oh, and like scare the fish. Yeah, mm. then the fish all congregate in the shallow waters, right? Mm-hmm. Then they will use the trope pouch to scoop it up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Then they don't <laughs> store the fish in the pouch. So what they do is they will tip it back to drain out the water. Oh. So all the water come out. It's like a sieve. Then the fish will die. Yeah, then the fish is just like struggling inside their, uh, their pouch, right? Then yeah. they will just swallow the fish immediately. Oh my god. Yeah. Mm. So they swallow everything. They don't sounds, like... Sounds familiar, like this movement. Oh. Yeah. So something interesting, the American white pelican can hold about 3 gallons of water in its bill. That's like more than 11 litres of water. <laughs> That's a lot. 11 litres are a lot, eh. That's a lot. <laughs> can you imagine how heavy it is? <laughs> I didn't imagine a pelican to be so big. It's so big, man. Uh, it is. Oh my gosh. Later it try to eat us. Yeah. Can eat a whole baby, I think. <laughs> oh yeah, I think right. can. Better so, put your baby in a stroller uh, when y'all go and feed pelican. <laughs> Don't feed it. Then it has a hook also at the top half of its bill. Huh. So it can grab the slippery fishes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I also didn't know got a hook. Okay, fun fact. The fossil records show that the pelican lineage has existed for at least 30 million years. Wow, mm. that's very long. The oldest known pelican fossil was found in France and is remarkably similar to the modern-day pelican. Oh, that means it hasn't really 
evolved to be better because it's already it's very already good. very good. Yeah, <laughs> they've been around for a very long time, eh, and mm. they are swallowing things whole the same way, eh, oh. for thirty million years. <laughs> yes. Hmm. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. By the way, I need to say that the BBC Earth video is NSFL, not safe for life. <laughs> So watch at your own discretion because baby chicks were harmed and it's quite a disturbing video. Okay. Mm. I, I don't think I'll watch that then. Mm. Someone actually <laughs> commented under the YouTube video. Uh. Just because it pally can doesn't mean it pally should. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the person took away my joke. <laughs> What you were, what were you going to say? I was going to say I was thinking of a pun along the lines of Penny Can. Too bad it's been done. The Penny the Penny can't swallow the capybara. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it pe- <laughs> it pelican the pelican pelican swallow the capybara. Yes. Okay. Mm. Stop. Stop. <laughs> no, this person sounds better. All right. All right. Just because it pelican doesn't mean it pelly should. <laughs> The end. Okay. It's time for our special segment. Three things to Google from a friend. Okay, Eliza, who is the contributor for this week? This week we have three contributors again. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they asked us to search for three very diverse things. Okay. (laughs) Okay, the first one is Michelle. She's a new mom with a baby. Oh. And when she was breastfeeding one day, she suddenly wondered, why do men have nipples? <laughs> so she <laughs> so she searched that and then she asked us to search it too. Okay, that's a good question. Why, I wonder uh, why. I vaguely remember something along the lines of, cause we have our nipples before we know whether we are male or female. Oh. Is, it, is that answer? <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Am I right? Yeah. The answer has to do with how humans develop in the womb. Mm -hmm. So basically, all females and males are built from the same genetic blueprint. And then they develop in slightly different directions, particularly after we hit puberty. So I guess that's also like why we don't know the gender of the baby Mm -hmm. until after a certain time. You know, when mm, you're pregnant. Mm, mm, mm. Yes, you had to wait a few weeks mm, or, mm. or so. Because you, you don't know at that point of time, it's still oh. a, just a child, right? Just a fetus. Not a child, yeah. <laughs> still a fetus, <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm. Embryo, embryo. Yeah, you're still an embryo. Mm. Yeah, so at that point, they already developed the nipples. So I guess after that, then it's like, it's like a remainder of it, you know? Mm. Having nipples isn't detrimental for males. There's no real metabolic cause to having nipples. <laughs> so, I mean, it doesn't cause anything to have them. So yeah. evolution decided that, you know, there's no need to get rid of them. Yes. Yeah, it's not a evolutionary, evolutionary priority, priority. <laughs> <laughs> to get rid of them. So the article funny. says this, uh, the fact is that we carry a lot of evolutionary baggage around with us. <laughs> Natural selection is not hovering there all the time to get rid of things we absolutely don't need. Okay. Mm. What a great search term. Then why why males cannot breastfeed there? Apparently in some animal species the males can breastfeed. Right? Mm-hmm. Remember that time we were talking about the bats? Mm-hmm. Then there's one particular bat type that yes. can breastfeed. Yeah. Yeah. Why our sight haven't eh? why humans haven't evolved it? I guess there is no need. 
for this evolution. Because women are doing such a good job. I guess. According to evolution. <laughs> <laughs> evolution, come on, keep up with the times. Gender equality. <laughs> Must make the men uh, born the baby also. And uh, breastfeed also. Okay, come on. Okay, okay. I think it need a few million years. <laughs> before we get there. Okay, our next search term is from Wenyi. Okay. Okay, her search term is Why do we take temperature at our head sometimes and sometimes with our hands? Ah, very COVID related. Because mm, there was this kopitiam that put up a sign and then the sign says use your head only if you got no head then use your hand. Oh my god, that's very funny. Yeah, at the <laughs> temperature <laughs> monitor. And then she was wondering whether it makes a difference if we use our heads or our hands. <laughs> okay. You know when I search this, right? Take temperature, head or hand. Uh. Then they tell me, taking a rectal measurement is the most reliable way to obtain a core temperature value. Oh my god. <laughs> Imagine you want to go to a shopping mall, then everyone's like, excuse me, pull down your pants. <laughs> <laughs> we need to be ultra accurate. <laughs> I think the queue will be very long. Oh my god. No, there won't be anybody going. It's like, uh, don't go to this shopping yeah, mall. Yeah, it's like too high a price to pay. <laughs> Just to buy some chai fun or some... Yes. To buy groceries. Then you can have your temperature taken rectally. <laughs> Apparently, the most accurate body temperature readings are obtained from scanning the forehead. According to the Malaysian MOH, they encourage people to stop using their hands or other body parts. Oh. Hmm. And they also say that rectal temperatures are the most accurate but the most invasive. <laughs> Everybody is like agreeing, you know, <laughs> on this. Apparently, the practice of taking one's temperature at the wrist became popular mm-hmm. because people were afraid that the infrared rays of the temperature scanner will infiltrate the skull and affect the brain. And make you stupid. Okay. Yeah. Then the, the <laughs> health director general had to say, um, you know, there's no scientific data that that will happen. <laughs> According to this article, the sweat on your brow can artificially lower the temperature that is measured. So it can disguise a fever. So these infrared thermometers, right, can actually mm-hmm. miss a fever. Lah. According to this article, mm-hmm. and if you have like circulatory problems or previous injuries, heavy makeup, or you are taking certain drugs, then you might not be registering as feverish on the thermometer guns. Wow. You can actually hide a fever with makeup. Yeah, you just put a lot. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> just put a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of a thick layer of it. <laughs> yeah, on the other hand, the device might tell you that you are feverish even though you are not because of stress, physical activity, nicotine, a hot beverage, hormonal treatments, pregnancy, hot air currents, or even a sunburn. Yes, yes, my dad, my dad gonna like, yeah, stop at junction A. Why because... he got sunburn? Ah? No, no, no. <laughs> not sunburn. Because he was sitting in a hot car. Oh. <laughs> he drove the car and then it was afternoon, then he was in the car and it was very hot, right? <laughs> then they are like, uh, your temperature very high, sir. Then he's like, no. No, then no. You know, he go and like argue with the person, right? Then the person just come in and ask him, Sir, were you driving just now? 
Then he was like, yes. They say, was your car very hot? <laughs> so I think it's a very common thing for the temperature of the forehead to be very high. Like suddenly defensive, right? I don't have fever, I don't have fever. Yeah, yeah. That, but the person is like so jaded, right? Because yeah. the person see it on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. So you just go and walk around for 10 minutes and cool down first. Later, then you come in. <laughs> because if you have a fever, it will persistent. Yes. So you were like, even 10 minutes later, you still have the fever. Mm-hmm. But 10 minutes later, you come, then your temperature has dropped then you are fine. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, the conclusion is the wrist temperature is more stable. Okay. Mm. Then, really meh? Yes, yes. According to an article <laughs> that I'm looking at, it says the wrist temperature is more stable. <laughs> I, I feel that actually, okay, most of this technology is like, you know, a filter like that. It's mm-hmm. a very general filter. Mm-hmm. It's like not very good, but like, uh, maybe can weed out some people. Mm. Yeah to mm. like get the person to tell you the truth that oh they actually have fever mm. but then like I think generally it's just a thing to uh, make people not go inside the mall if you have fever mm. do you know what I'm saying it's like a deterrent kind of thing yeah. I, I feel like you know this whole temperature scanning mm. it's very similar to like the TSA checks mm. the when you're flying then they scan your bag and check your bag and all that mm, 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 yeah it's, it's also it's like to make everybody feel safer. Yes. And then it also prevents, not really prevents, but it deters people who think of doing the stupid things. It's like a catch-all thing, thing la, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's the use of this thing. It's for group psychology. Yes. <laughs> Alright, what's the next search term? Okay, our next contributor is Yimin, and her search term is Why Carrot Cake Shops Always Sell Popia? Okay, <laughs> it is very random because my site Carrot Cake Shop don't sell Popia. Same. <laughs> okay, okay anyway we will try to answer your question yes for listeners who are not Asian right carrot cakes here are not the same as the western type of carrot cakes that mm. is sweet mm. Asian carrot cake is savoury and chopped up and stir fried with little morsels of egg and popia is a colloquial way of saying baoping which means spring roll ah uh, yes yes mm. it's not the fried spring roll it's the it's like a wrap you know, like you have to prepare all the ingredients separately, like cook mm. the radish, then chop up the egg, mm. and, and then put it in the skin. Yes. Yeah. A with soft spring soft roll. Soft skin. Yeah. yeah. Soft skin spring rolls. <laughs> with sauces inside. Mm. Okay, let's so let's search. Google that. Why carrot cake should always sell popia? I mean, that is not true, okay? I need to tell you that this is not, it is not true <laughs> that carrot cake shop always sell popia. Okay, I searched already. Uh, mm. Basically, they just give you a bunch of articles uh, telling you 10 best popia in Singapore or review of this particular carrot cake. Yeah, so uh, off the top of my head, la, I think the connection is the radish because carrot cake is cai tao gui, right? So cai tou gui, right? Mm-hmm. So the cai tou actually refers to radish. Mm. So the radish inside the carrot cake plus the the cai pot, right, is actually pickled radish. So cai this pot is pickled radish, man. Yes. That's right. Yes, she's correct. Okay, continue, please. <laughs> <laughs> All this what I thought was turnip. Okay, it's radish. Continue, uh, yes. please. So they have a common point of using radish. Radish is also used in the popia, ma. Yes, it's a main ingredient of, of the, the popia. Like, like two thirds of the popia will be radish. Exactly. Mm. So and it's always the radish that's super nice, right? Yes. Cause it's like the soupy soupy. Yeah, it's a saucy radish. Yeah, love it. Okay, so they have to 
make it both very well. <laughs> mm, so if they buy a lot of radish, they might as well make radish related dishes. Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. So that is the answer to your question. Nice. We solved it without the help of Google. Mm. <laughs> Usually, those who sell popiah will sell kuih pai tea. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because yeah, yeah, kuih pai tea is the same, the exact same, same ingredients as popiah. Yeah, mm. the same soupy radish thing. Yeah, but mm. instead of putting it in the popiah skin, mm. they put it in the crispy cup. Mm. Very nice also. Mm. Well, now I feel like eating it. Okay, <laughs> after, after the podcast, you go eat. Okay. <laughs> doop, 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 doop. So, Jian, what is your next search term of the week? My next search term is... Guinea pig laws in Switzerland. Guinea pig laws in Switzerland. Wait, why is there guinea pig laws? Is it like laws for... Hmm, is it laws for the animal, mm. guinea pig, or mm-hmm. laws for experimenting on humans? What? Like if you ex- <laughs> do like drug trials or, or human oh, okay, experiments, okay, okay, then okay. they are the guinea pigs. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so it's like question mark we're talking about. Because <laughs> mm. last time yes, in the world... Yes, because the way that you call it is, is like a yeah, guinea pig, right? Yeah. Because yeah. mm, in mm, the mm. World War time, mm. they always do human experiments. Mm, 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 yeah, mm. so maybe there is a Switzerland somewhere. It's mm. like, no, peace, peace, peace. Yes, no yes, yes. experimenting on humans. Okay, so that's what you think is. Which one? Now I'm confused. Okay, it's, 50, about, it's, about, the, it's about the animal. It's about oh, the animal. Okay. <laughs> it's about the animal. <laughs> the actual guinea okay. pig. Okay, so what do you think the law or the laws are? Laws on guinea pig. Um, no eating of guinea pig. No torturing of guinea pig. No... What else can you do with a guinea pig? No experimenting on guinea pigs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's quite funny. But yeah, I think that's all part of the animal cruelty laws. Mm. Like the quite normal laws. Mm -hmm. So this particular law is quite interesting. Okay. In Switzerland, it's illegal to own just one guinea pig at a time. You must have at least two. (gasps) Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah. There's such a law? Yeah. Thanks to an animal rights law introduced in 2008, which is part of a 182 document with mind-boggling information on how hundreds of species should be kept. It was ruled that the species must be kept in groups of at least two animals. Must be male and female? Or like can be male, male, female, female? I think don't need. Don't need male, female. But they give you some guidelines. So it's not for mating purposes? No. It is for their... Emotional well-being. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's because these animals are highly sociable and it will be cruel to keep them alone. (gasps) So cute, right? So cute. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Such a cute law. (laughs) Oh my goodness. How do they know? (laughs) So this is not just for guinea pigs. Mm -hmm. It's for mice, gerbils, rats, degus, chinchillas, then for birds, it's macaws, cockatoos, uh, parakeets, mm-hmm. parrots, canaries, and some a lot of birds. Okay. And then, of course, love birds cannot be kept alone. Okay. Because they have to, you know, they have yeah. to snuggle. You know love birds, yes, right? Yes, yes, I know. They're very cute. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow, there's a law. Yes. Wow. There's a law protecting these animals so that they don't be kept alone. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's such a wholesome law. And here, I was thinking about like, what if it's about human experimentation? Dun, dun, dun. 
<laughs> he has completely different tone. Okay, domestic rabbits also may not be kept on their own during the first eight weeks. Then after that, they should be kept in groups whenever possible. Okay. And then if it's not possible, they must be able to hear or smell other rabbits. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Somebody named Eleanor May wrote in and asked, what about hamsters? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So apparently there are some hamsters, like gold hamsters, who are loners and that should be kept on their own. Okay, is there so a it, law for that? Uh, they give you a guideline. Oh, okay. Yeah, like of like all these species, how they should be kept and like, you know, etc, oh. etc. Et wow. Yes. So these kind, you have to like keep them on their own because okay. they are meant to be alone. alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there are some other hamster types that can be kept in family groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if it's a law, right? Mm. It means that there's actually a whole Be- government mm. department That's right. that is actually studying these. I was just about to say, they do enforce the laws and they, <gasps> have, they, have, some, <laughs> they have some government vet services that uh-huh. conduct animal production checks. Wow. Yeah, so they, you know, go to the places <laughs> and they actually check. Oh, yeah. That then means they, they, ha- they have to have a ha- registry or something, you know. Mm. Because you buy the thing, then they will know that your your house got this thing. Then we will go and check on you. Maybe I think so. I don't know what is the exact system, but they mm. they have like uh, punishments like, basically for this particular <gasps> thing. I don't know whether it's like fine or like, okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay, mm. so there's a very big problem uh-huh. with this um law. Why? Because what if? You have two guinea pigs. Then one die. Yes. Then how? Then how, right? Okay, so there are people who run like a pseudo guinea pig matchmaking agency. Okay. They're often called in to help with this situation. Mm -hmm. So generally, right, it is this person owns a lot of uh, these kind of like little critters. Mm -hmm. uh, Then they will rent out their guinea pigs. Something like letting them adopt or like... It depends, like maybe the guinea pig don't like the uh-huh. guinea pig that was rented. Okay, okay. <laughs> then they will return the guinea pig. Oh, then change another guinea pig. <laughs> yes, something oh, like okay. that. Yeah. So one of the owners of this service says that even though guinea pigs are social animals, mm-hmm. they can be choosy about who they live with. A young animal can annoy a four or five year old guinea pig by mm. being too temperamental or active. Yes. Mm. So they don't always get along yeah, yeah. And of course uh, and then they are grieving eh. their housemate just die yeah, yeah, then yeah, you yeah, anyhow yeah. introduce one <laughs> then imagine it is like so old already then yes. you introduce like a, a teenager or a baby yes like... yes yes exactly okay okay so it's important to note that none of the rental guinea pigs just keep getting passed on mm-hmm. like it's not like uh, she doesn't run it this person la, she doesn't run it like a commercial thing okay yeah if the animal like has been hired out once mm-hmm. normally the animal just stays with the new owner okay or if it's returned then it, the animal will stay with her for good oh, oh okay yeah so she has like the she resources has some to and some, okay yeah keep some the animal system okay yes okay there are other interesting animal laws mm-hmm um, for example, dog owners have to take a class that instructs them how to properly care for their pups, their variety of needs, and how to handle behavioral situations when they arise before they are allowed to adopt. Yes. Mm, I think that's very important. I think every, every country should have this. Mm. And fishermen are also required to take a course on humane fishing before they are allowed to start angling. Is this all in Switzerland? Mm, yes. 
Oh wow, their animal rights are very strong. Uh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So quite cool. I like it. I think taking care of pets is not easy. Mm, it's not. Especially if you never take care of a pet before. Mm. Then, then you, it's good to know what to expect. Yes. Especially in this age. Yeah, you bring home just an animal, right? Yes. And then it, it's going to change the way you're going to live, what? Yeah, exactly. Because mm. you have to spend some time every day to take care of this animal mm. or like play with it. Mm. Make sure that it is happy, mm. right? So like, I feel that in this age of internet proliferation, mm-hmm. we always see the good side of uh, owning a pet. Yes, yes, definitely. And oh, because so cute, so cute, right? Because yeah. we post the cutest parts. Exactly, exactly. Uh. So, you know, we should also be educated on how to properly take care of an animal. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Actually, right, I think, right, people should also have lessons on how to take care of a baby <laughs> before they have a baby. <laughs> Yes. Like when they're pregnant, then like mandatory, everybody must go and learn. I agree. <laughs> now I'll take care of baby, now I'll take care of pet. Even before you get a house, you must know how to take care of a house. Yes, exactly. I think all these like life skills are like so yeah. undervalued yeah. in society. Hey, actually, right, we also don't have lessons on how to take care of ourselves. Eh. Mm. Right? Yeah. We kinda. should have that in our system. Mm. Like, you know, when you're a teenager, right, then you should have a class mm. where they are. Like teaching you how to take care of yourself. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, don't have. Mm. <laughs> everything, oh. everything must have a class on everything. <laughs> <laughs> crash course. Yes, crash course. How to adult. <laughs> how to human. Uh, how to human, yes. yes. Hey, yeah, that's a good crash course title. <laughs> how to human. Alright, Liza, what is your next search term of the week? Okay, my next search term is... Bimbu Yusuri. What? <laughs> what language is that? <laughs> I was going to ask you to guess what it is. <laughs> Bimbu Yusuri. No, bim- bimbo. Bimbo. Bimbo Yusuri. <laughs> bimbo Yusuri. Yeah, B-I-M-B-O. Okay. Space. Okay. Yusuri. Y-U-S-U-R-I. Just saying these two words is making me laugh. <laughs> bimbo Yusuri. Yeah. A bimbo of a nationality that I'm unsure of. (laughs) (laughs) No. I don't know. It is not correct. (laughs) I don't know. It is not correct. Uh, Okay, I'll give you a clue. Okay. It is a Japanese term. Oh. Oh, uh, bimbo is like poor, if I'm not wrong. Oh? And then? Yusuri is what? Poor. How is bimbo poor? (laughs) It's, it's bimbo, right? Don't know them. When I found it, it was bimbo. <laughs> like a B-I-M-B-O. Or maybe it is, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, but I, I, I think I remember it's poor. Okay, then what is Yusuri? Come on, activate your anime brain. I don't know, you learn Japanese through anime, right? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, um, I don't know. <laughs> she gave up. You said you give up. Bimbo Yusuri. Cheap vegetables. No, that's yasai. <laughs> <laughs> Cheap vegetables. <laughs> quite a good search term. Okay, yes, okay. what is it? Bimbo Yusuri is known as the poor man's shake. Shake? Yeah, shake. What kind of shake? Milkshake? No, shake. The action, the verb. Shake. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is that? 
Is it like a dance? No, it's not. Harlem Shake. No. Okay, from what I found, right, Bimbo Yusui means shaking your legs in Japan. Oh. Yeah, and it's highly recommended to avoid shaking your legs in Japan Ah. because according to Japanese manners, Mm. leg shaking is considered extremely rude. Yes. They see... Huh, really? uh? In Asian culture... Okay, they see it as a sign of impatience, mm. nervousness, mm. or a lack of self-control. Mm. Yeah, and in Japan, it can seriously damage your professional life and social life. Mm. Especially if you shake your leg in front of a customer, a date, or a boss. Mm. Mm. And the tricky thing, right, is that in Japan, right, people are unlikely to ask you to stop shaking your leg. Yeah, because they will be too uh, polite. Mm, they, yes. do, like, they don't want to tell you yes because <laughs> in their culture they don't want to embarrass you mm. yeah they will avoid conflict yeah so they will just judge you without telling you ah. but everybody will just judge you for shaking your leg interesting but nobody will tell you about it <laughs> yeah such like, an Asian thing bimbo you so re poor man shake Oh, very yeah. interesting. And it's quite funny because I came across this tourism article, right? Uh-huh. And it was advising foreigners not to shake their legs. Yeah, that if you have a habit of shaking your legs, yes, maybe you can cross your legs very tightly when you're in Japan so that you don't shake so much. <laughs> <laughs> and then you won't offend people accidentally. Oh, very interesting. Mm. It's actually offensive. Mm. Ah. Have you been offended <laughs> no. by anyone's leg shaking? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't like it. Especially when I'm sitting on the same sofa as the person. Because it will shake the entire sofa. Or in the car. You know, sometimes the driver will shake their leg and will shake the entire car. Why would the driver shake the leg? Aren't they supposed to be driving? Like when they are waiting at the red light or something. Oh, yeah. Have you not had this experience before? Mm, mine is movie theater. Oh, yes. I hate it when the person is shaking their leg. Yes. Then the whole row will shake. The whole row will shake. Yeah. <laughs> if not, then they're, if they're sitting behind you, right, then they keep kicking your chair. Yeah, and sometimes the shaking, right, is like very violent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes, it's yes, like, yes, that's, yes. It's like way too much. It's mm-hmm. like... Airplane also, have you? Like... Yes, yes, yes. Some, somebody at the back or something. Yes, then yes, shake. Sometimes it can travel like two or three rows in front. Oh. Yes, yes. I thought it was the person behind me. Then I look, then it's not the person behind me. It's like two or three rows away. And the person is unaware or unwilling to change mm. a lot of the times mm, mm, mm. they feel that the shaking only like is, is contained within them within their bubble right <laughs> yeah but it's not it's not <laughs> it like affects everybody like it sends a shockwave <laughs> yes mm, mm, mm. so I decided to do a bit of investigation about yep. leg shaking mm-hmm. yeah why do people shake their legs do you know it's a nervous tick mm. I feel that it's a nervous tick that evolves into a habit Mm. I can understand why this uh, poor man's shake thing mm-hmm. come up because my mom used to say um, something about if you keep shaking mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a Cantonese saying mm-hmm. then if you keep shaking right then all your money will fall out oh yes 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 I heard that before yeah 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 something like that shake your wealth away or something yes like yes, that, yes yes uh-uh. yes yes mm. so apparently right uh, there are many different levels to leg shaking oh dear yeah mm. so most people right like we know it right is they shake to either concentrate or they are bored or they are anxious. Mm. So apparently, repetitive motion helps people concentrate, mm. especially people with ADHD. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also when you're bored, right, shaking leg helps to relieve tension. Mm. 
Yes. And then when you are anxious, your body is in fight or flight. Mm. So there's more blood flow to your muscles. And then there will be a release of hormones that make you jittery. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So that's why I got the leg shaking. And then mm-hmm. some people is, they'll get it when they have caffeine mm. or alcohol or certain types of medication. Mm. Then there's a next level of leg shaking. Okay. The kind that you need to go and see doctor. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The kind that you cause an earthquake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, like, it's real, no? There's this thing called restless leg syndrome. Oh, okay, mm. okay. It's called Willis egg bomb disease. Okay, okay. Yeah, and it's an uncontrollable urge to move your legs because of an uncomfortable sensation. Oh. Yeah, and it usually happens in the evening or at night when the person is sitting or lying down. Mm. And moving helps to ease the unpleasant feelings temporarily. And it can worsen as they age. It can disrupt sleep and interfere with daily activities. Mm. So there's medication and ways to help this disease. Okay, interesting. Mm. It can also be a motor tic and a symptom of a chronic disorder, for example, Tourette's. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. And there is another type where the shaking is uncontrollable. Mm. It's like a tremor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it can be genetic and can be a sign of various issues like Parkinson's or other neurological diseases. Oh, okay, okay. It's uncontrollable. Yeah, it's like a muscle twitching kind Mm -hmm, of thing. mm -hmm. So for these three causes, right, then you go and see a specialist. Mm. Yeah, to figure out how to manage it. I see. Mm. It's not something you can just wheel away with your mind. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's not something you can just like, okay, I'll stop. Mm. Okay, so it's very interesting, right? Because like, you know, just now we were talking about how in Asian culture, right, we see as a habit, like a bad habit. It is a bad habit. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) there are medical and psychological reasons for why people shake their legs. It's not as simple as just a habit. Mm. Mm. So, you know, when I was googling this, right, then I found that people in India and other parts of Asia have the same thinking as the Japanese and us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So they see leg shaking as negative. Mm-hmm. Like, shake your wealth away, shake your fortune away, all your money will, like, mm. disappear, you know? Mm. Uh, or even, like, leg shaking is a sin. Sin? Mm, like wow. an act of sin. So, like, there's, like, you know, different belief of this leg shaking. Mm. And do you want to guess where it comes from? Like, this negative view on this. I don't know, like, some very annoying person keeps shaking the bench that another very important person is sitting on. (laughs) Then the important person is like, you know what? I hate leg shaking a lot. Decree. Anybody who leg shake, well, shall be beheaded. Or beleaguered. Like, chop their leg away. (laughs) (laughs) Beleaguered. Belegged. The belegged degree. <laughs> it's a belegging. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay. You. I order you to be belegged. <laughs> That's very funny. Your belegging is on the 13th of April. <laughs> off with their legs. Yeah, off with it. I don't know. No. Okay. I don't think it goes so far back. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, apparently in the past, right, mm. people believe that you shake legs only when you're idling. Mm. Which is when you're not involved in any physical activity. Mm. And mm. in the past, right, livelihood depends on physical labor. Uh. So being idle means you're losing valuable time or mm. you're avoiding work. Okay. Yeah. 
So that's how the shake your legs and shake your wealth away came about. Ah, very interesting. Mm. Yes, makes sense. Right, mm. kara, like, as you say, mm. Chiao jiao, mm. which also means what in English? Uh, crossing your legs, right? Mm. Okay. Putting your legs up. Yes. Something like that. Yes, putting your legs up. Okay. And then also there are other idioms like the devil finds work for idle hand. Oh. Or an idle brain is a devil's workshop. <laughs> that's very funny yeah so that's how leg shaking became associated with the devil and bad thoughts or bad actions oh makes mm. sense makes sense and became viewed as a negative thing oh okay Ta-da. okay so after I found out that there can be legit reasons for leg shaking yes I think next time I will judge less when someone shakes their leg I mean I'll still be annoyed but I'll be less judgmental. I'll be like, maybe the person got some disease. Okay, yes. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Mm, but I don't know whether I will have the be courage. Begrudgingly. Begrudgingly. <laughs> you know, I don't know whether I have the courage to tell them, eh, hey, I think you must see doctor. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway, the first thing is, um, can you please stop shaking your leg? It's affecting the entire row of seats. Then if the person is like, cannot, I can't then I'll be like, okay, maybe you should see a medical professional. <laughs> Politely. <laughs> you you dare to say, uh, okay, can. I hope that I'm I'm with you the next time I meet somebody <laughs> who shakes the leg. I'll be like, hey, hey, you, you, go, go. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we've reached the almost end of our podcast and now it is time for... One thing to recommend... Okay, so Jian, what is your recommendation for the week? My recommendation for this week is John Green reads Mountain Dew commercial disguised as a love poem. It's a poem basically, and it's a YouTube video as well because John Green mm-hmm. uh, reads this poem. Okay. Yeah, it's a poem by Matthew Alsman, and it's quite possibly the sweetest, realest piece of lovey-dovey thing that I've read recently. It's a very romantic poem. It's huh? cute. But yeah. it's about Mountain Dew. Yeah. Okay. Kinda. Okay. <laughs> mm. It's a love poem. La. Oh, Can okay. check it out. It's quite nice. Okay. Okay, Eliza, what's yours? Okay, my recommendation for this week is a music video by Kululam called One Day. Kululam is K-O-O-L-U-L-A-M. Mm-hmm. So Kululam is a social musical initiative and they do mass singing events. Ooh. So this video mm-hmm. was made in 2018 mm-hmm. and they got 3,000 Arabs and Jews who have never met to come together to sing the song One Day in Three Languages. Okay. Mm. For those unfamiliar with the song, it is by an American reggae singer, Matishahu. And it is about wishing for that one day where there is no more fighting and no more wars and their children can play together. Wow, that's very meaningful. Mm. Mm. It's a very, very beautiful video, very powerful. I think it really highlights the power of music. To date, this video has 4.5 million views. Wow. I think I watched it at least five times already. Don't how to describe, but yeah, y'all can watch it and experience it for yourself. You know, it's the chills that you get when like the crowd sings the same thing together. Mm, 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 I don't know mm, whether mm. you've gone to like a live performance. Mm. Uh, one that comes to mind is like Coldplay when everybody sings the mm. same thing at the same time. It's this like very earth shattering feeling. It's like the power of the collective voice, right? Yes, yes, yeah. Mm. 
Okay, we've reached the end of this week's podcast. Thank you, Eliza, for making this podcast with me. And thank you, Jingan, for doing this podcast with me. If you have Googled anything interesting lately, you can drop us an email at yyyshow at gmail.com and we will search it up on the show. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or on our Facebook page where we post images of some of the things that we talked about today. You can also help share our show with friends that might enjoy a comedy trivia podcast. If you would like to support us, you can head over to our Patreon page and give us a small contribution to help us keep the show running. So, see you there! Okay, so... What's your recommendation? My recommendation, my rec- Okay, so, Jingan, what? <laughs> <laughs>